Hi, this is ESPN's Dave Lamont, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective Podcast. We have your East Carolina football practice report for Friday, July 31st. The Pirates are on the practice field officially for the first time this morning, and practice wrapped up a little before lunchtime, and East Carolina head coach Mike Houston, and prior to that, Director of Athletics, John Gilbert, address members of the local media. And let's go to that audio first with John Gilbert right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, great to see everyone's faces. I-, I wanted to jump on before the main attraction and just give you a quick update. I know Coach Houston's focus on our football program right now, and, and rightfully so, and excited that we're actually able to uh, start camp on time. As I've emphasized multiple times, this is a very fluid situation when it comes to fall sports and football. Most importantly, uh, everything's going to be about the health and safety of our student-athletes. We continue to test regularly, and as of today, we performed 641 COVID-19 tests with student-athletes, coaches, and staff. Five cases remain active. So 641 tests, five cases remain active. Uh, every day we continue to preach uh, the importance of wearing a mask and social distancing, and it is a point of emphasis among all of our teams. I'm sure you're aware several other conferences uh, have made modifications to their schedule. We continue to have dialogue with the American Athletic Conference uh, to get more clarity as to where we're going. We have lost two non-conference games, uh, South Carolina and Norfolk State. Uh, the Norfolk State game we're, worship, uh, we're working on to push uh, to a later year, uh, so we'll, we'll be making an announcement probably in the coming weeks. Uh, we're going to push that game, um, you know, three, four years down. I've had really good conversations with Ray Tanner at South Carolina. Pretty much all summer, uh, we've been in constant contact. Uh, and so uh, my anticipation for that game is to move it uh, to a later year where we would return to Columbia at some point in the future, and then they would still come to uh, Greenville next year. So I've got no indication that that won't happen. Uh, still in uh, discussion about exactly when that would take place. And obviously when that game uh, finalizes and comes to fruition, uh, we'll let everyone know. I know there are a lot of questions about if we'll add games, and, and there's really no answer to that right now. We're going to figure that out in due time. I want to be very mindful and deliberate of what we do. Uh, right now on the schedule, as it sits, we have 10 games. Uh, we still have Marshall non-conference. Uh, I spoke to Mike Hamrick last night at Marshall. Uh, we still are committed to playing that game. Uh, and then we also have the Georgia State game on October 3rd to comprise uh, our two non-conference games. So I want to be uh, very patient and very deliberate uh, as we decide whether we're going to add games or not. My focus right now is on our daily protocols and making sure we keep our student-athletes, coaches, and staff uh, safe. We have not made any final decisions yet as it relates to fan attendance. 
but I do know that we will have a limited capacity with safety provisions in place. Uh, we will follow local state guidelines and fully understand that protocols could change from week to week. Uh, we're preparing for all different scenarios, uh, just like every school in the country. Uh, I would our, let our fan base know that in the next uh, couple weeks, we will communicate everything once we have a final determination of our plan. You know, I continue to ask for uh, patience and understanding. You know, the things that are that are on my mind right now, uh, more than anything, is making sure everyone, and, and I start with our student-athletes, our coaches, our staff, our fan base, uh, this institution, this community, this is not going to be a normal fall. This is not going to be a normal football season. We are going to have multiple inconveniences along the way. And I think the the teams, uh, schools, conferences, et cetera, that manage those inconveniences the best are the teams that are going to be most successful. And so I am constantly reiterating to our uh, staff about uh, being able to accept inconveniences and learn to work through them. That, that's my update in short. I, I'll be happy to open it up and, and take some questions. John, what do you think as far as the August 29th date? I know you said there's no clear answers at this point, but for the, for the August 29th date actually happening, do you feel like that's a, still a good possibility for ECU Marshall, or could it be pushed back? Uh, Stephen, we're looking at every scenario. So when I talked to, to Mike Hamrick yesterday, uh, we, we talked about, you know, what what does the game look like if we play it on, on the 29th? And then what, what does it look like if we push it back? And so every school is talking about what their plan is from a scheduling standpoint. I'm really comfortable with 10 games right now. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that we won't add a game. I just want to be very deliberate when we do that. Not... not not many schools are, are, you know, looking at playing a full 12-game schedule right now because of the complexities. And, and so uh, I think we'll know uh, in the next week or so kind of what the first week or two of the season will look like. If we are fortunate in that, you know, with Marshall, um, you know, they're losing the, the pit game uh, that they have the same day we play South Carolina. So the, the first couple weeks of the season are flexible in the event we make the decision we can slide it back a couple weeks. We still are intending to play football. Uh, that hasn't changed. But as you all see uh, what's going on across the country, we're, we're all having to deal with positive tests. And really more important than the positive tests are the contract uh, tracing that we're all having to deal with, and and all of those uh, things are going to have an impact on the season. John, as far as the American uh, and, and any decisions there, make what can you elaborate on? Kind of the last guidance you got from Commissioner Resco in that office as far as scheduling and and whether that would be a conference only schedule. 
Well, uh, right now the plan is for a schedule is, uh, you know, our last discussion was we're going to continue, obviously, with our conference schedule as is, and then uh, institutions will make a decision on what their non-conference schedule looks like, knowing that we all have the options uh, to adjust when new information uh, becomes available. Piggybacking on that, John, is there what type of type of obstacle, or is there any sense with state to state in the in the league traveling from state to state, from Texas to Florida to North Carolina? Is that a sense of concern or a problem at all? Yeah, uh, well, it, it is a concern from for everyone because there are certain states and certain institutions where they they are not uh, fully opened or or are still operating uh, under some significant restrictions. And then obviously there's some states where uh, if you travel to those states, you, you know, you could have to quarantine for periods of time, you know, depending on the school and the location. And so that is very much a concern. And, and given all these factors that we're working through, I feel for East Carolina in the direction of where we are, uh, again, I think it's premature to, to run out and start adding games for us, n- knowing that we we still have two non-conference opponents uh, in play that that we're working with. Hey, John, how how hard is it when you see what's going on with baseball and and that kind of thing, and trying to get all that information and just putting it all together? What's your day like when you get to work? I mean, you guys. Talking to other ADs about, hey, you want to play here, you want to play there. It's got to be complicated. Well, well it, it is extremely complicated, uh, and I, I think that college football will probably most likely mirror that of Major League Baseball. Um, you know, they're traveling to venues. They're not in a bubble like uh, the NBA is, and, and so you're seeing more positive tests. And, and more con, uh, contact tracing. And, and so I do anticipate that uh, in college football. We're going to be in residence halls. Uh, we're going to be in, you know, uh, institutional facilities that we're, we're not going to be in a bubble. And, and so I think college football is going to more uh, mirror Major League Baseball. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you about um, the Playing Rules Committee uh, passing the um, the rules to allow student athletes to wear uh, social justice patches or causes they support on their uniforms. Have you had any student athletes or coaches uh, express interest in wanting to do that for the upcoming season? Um, well, we started the uh, racial equality uh, task force with Ken McNeil uh, chairing that force, and we have some other coaches, staff, and student athletes on that, and, and I have a call with them on on Sunday night uh, at their regular meeting, where we are going to talk about that and what uh, type of initiatives that that we'll do departmentally. Um, you know, I want to do something that is um, more deliberate, uh, where we we all go with a similar message, whatever that message may be. And so I want to start with that group uh, to help determine what that might look like. I, I am um, – I, I wish that the, uh, you know, the timing is of such 
you know, we typically uh, order things in October for the next year. Uh, it, it, obviously, we're going to adjust and, and figure out what we can do uh, from a patch standpoint to make that work. Mr. Gilbert, I want to just go back to um, just the previous question where you talked about, you know, traveling and the fact that you guys weren't um, living in a bubble. Um, you know, how do you come in and express positivity? Um, even this morning, Dr. Fauci had said that it didn't look like there was any end in sight for this uh, spread of the coronavirus. So how do you kind of maintain these plans going forward when you do see what happens in Major League Baseball? Well, we, we're you're breaking up. Was there a back end? Uh, just when you see uh, some of the positive tests coming out of Major League Baseball, how do you, you know, try to move forward with a positive mindset, you know, knowing you guys are in a similar boat? Well, the good thing is we, we are, um, we're dealing with that now. And, and so uh, our student athletes came in, you know, early, mid-June. And so we've dealt with, uh, over the course of the last six, seven weeks, uh, we've had to deal with it. And so there, there is a uh, understanding uh, from our coaches and student athletes what it is to deal with. Now we haven't played a game, uh, you know, where it's been affected a game, but it certainly has affected, you know, workouts where we pause for a week. We are very fortunate at East Carolina. We have a tremendous medical staff. Uh, our doctor, uh, Dr. Joe Harmon, and then our our athletic training staff. Uh, have been outstanding, and so they've been outside the building every morning uh, doing the screenings. When we do have a positive, we have contact tracing. Um, you know, we are, uh, I would say that compared to our peers and the protocols that, you know, schools are doing nationally, I would I would uh, say that given where we are, East Carolina is in the upper third of what we're doing from a testing and protocol standpoint. So I do feel comfortable with that, but I also understand that uh, what the realities are, and we are going to have to deal with uh, a potential positive, uh, potential contact tracing, and, you know, we, we are, if that happens, we will shut you know, players uh, down, you know, coaches, et cetera, and we will uh, follow medical guidelines if that happens. John, um, can you talk about maybe the range of contingencies as far as admissions are concerned? I know you're selling season tickets, and, of course, students are going to want to be there if East Carolina is playing football. So, so we're we're discussing a, a multitude of scenarios. Once we land on what the percentage of attendance is, and so as you, as you see, uh, there is a wide range. There there are some people that think they're going to have 100 percent attendance, uh, down to you know people are are really guessing at about 20 percent attendance. And so uh, I think everything's on the table. As we look at prioritizing uh, our attendance, if it is, in fact, a reduced attendance, we, we would look at a priority of our season ticket holders and our students, uh, and then obviously players, families, visiting team, et cetera. And so we are 
we continue to talk through a multitude of scenarios of what that would look like, uh, you know, from a uh, social distancing uh, attendance standpoint. John, to follow up with that, and I'm sure you've mentioned this before, is that uh, is that sort of like scheduling this point being left up to the institutions, or is that in collaboration uh, with guidance from, from the Americans? Well, it, it is left up to each, each institution, but we've also uh, we've also have to work with state and local health officials. You know, whatever each state is mandating. Uh, you know, from whatever type of venue we have. So, so we are going to adhere to that. One of the things that we've been working on extensively, though, uh, is the press box and how we're going to space that out. And and I'm really uh, sorry to say that we have already selected who can attend and who cannot. And, Patrick, you're one of the guys that that is going to be left outside. You you didn't make the cut. Now, I have a few people that that, uh, we could auction off if you're willing to take their place. Uh, Or or maybe they join the Pirate Club and we could get you in that way. John, you know where I work. You know I can't afford an auction. Just kidding. We're, we're going to try to accommodate every media member that wants to come. We, we really do appreciate what you all are doing and how you're doing it. Okay, gentlemen, are there any other questions for uh, Mr. Gilbert? Okay, John, thank you very much for uh, joining. And I think we have Coach Houston on, so he'll jump on in just a minute with the opening statement, and then uh, we'll go to questions again. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate you having me, and I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon. Go Pirates. Thanks, John. Coach Houston, uh, are you on, sir? How's everybody doing? We're we're doing well, Coach. Uh, If you want, if you want want to open up with a statement about practice, and then we'll go to questions, okay? Well, uh, practice one's in the books. Uh, it's, uh, first time that we've been on the field together since last December, uh, in a, in a, in a football setting. Um, it looked like it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it looked like we've been, uh, away from Big John, our strength conditioning staff, before Mark. Uh, I think that, uh, it probably gave, um, all of our players and staff a greater appreciation for the tremendous job that, uh, that our, our strength conditioning group does, uh, you know, throughout the year with our players. Um, and I told the players, I mean, it's not something we didn't expect. Uh, uh, I knew that uh, we would not be in near the physical uh, shape that we have been uh, in preseasons in the past with our program. Um, but, uh, but it is where we are. It's our starting point. So uh, you know, we had a uh, practice not quite as long as uh, we typically will on day one, but uh, probably got uh, just as many reps. Uh, you know, we're having to structure practice differently. Uh, because of some of the protocols that are in place. Um, and, you know, the positive of that is uh, a lot of guys are getting a lot of reps. Uh, I think that's good for a young football team. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, day one is, is important. It's important, uh, you know, for us to get back out there and, and be doing uh, what we train to do, what the players came here to do. Uh, it's important for us to establish kind of, you know, where we are. Uh, it's important to get, uh, you know, get some film uh, so that now we can evaluate, we can correct, 
Uh, we can push them through. Uh, and, and, the, and the players are very in tune with uh, that's what needs to happen. So, um, you know, and you spend half of your post-practice talk now talking about making sure you wear your mask, uh, make sure we're socially distanced when we're eating lunch. Uh, here's how the training room is going to work with COVID uh, policies. Uh, it's just so much stuff that we're having to do with that stuff that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to manage as far as keeping the players really dialed in to also preparing to get ready to play a game, uh, you know, in about a month. Okay, we'll open it up to questions, please. All right. Coach, what were the emotions like for you when you ran onto the field today? Because obviously, as you said, it's probably the longest you've been without a team, you know, in your whole coaching career. Right, and it's excited. Uh, you know, everybody was early on the field. Uh, we had a great buzz and energy to start practice. Uh, the guys were really enthusiastic, but certainly I think this whole thing has made all of us, not that we didn't appreciate, uh, you know, what we do already, but just really a tremendous appreciation for the opportunities we have daily to, to be with these young men, uh, to, 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 to have the job that we have. You know, I think the players there are appreciative of having the opportunities they have. So just a lot of excitement. Mike, we just spent some time with John Gilbert asking him about schedules and what ifs and teams and all that. Today specifically, I mean, do you have to have the mindset of you're playing August 29th and, and your team has to be ready regardless of everything else that's going on with the uncertainty? You know, I, what I talk to the players about after practice is, you know, we can't worry about anything past today and tomorrow. I mean, we've got to have a very, very uh, short focus. Uh, you know, we've got to focus on, uh, you know, this afternoon Getting, getting ready for tomorrow morning's practice and having a better practice tomorrow than what we had today. I think that's got to be where we are right now. It's just been, we've been through too much. Uh, there's been too much taken away. Uh, you know, for us, I really don't care when we play. You know, I don't care when we play, don't care where we play. Uh, we'll be ready, but we can't worry about that right now. We've really got to, more so than ever, we've got to really focus on us right now and our preparation. Coach, the new defensive coordinator, new defense, obviously didn't have spring ball, so talk a little bit about how you're going to prepare in that situation. Well, you know, it's, you can't do anything about what was taken away. It's, it's not it's not fair to Coach Harrell. It's not fair to the players, but nobody cares. So, um, you know, the walkthroughs have been good because they've allowed us to install the defense. Uh, but walkthroughs and then live moving bullets are two totally different things, and you add in the heat and the conditioning element, uh, and your your brain kind of goes away sometimes as a player. So um, we had a lot of busts, uh, but we also did some good things. Uh, I think the players overall are very, very excited about the defense. They're excited about the diversity of it. They're excited about the aggressiveness of it. Um, you know, they're, they're excited about the energy of the defensive staff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's square one. You know, that's where we are. Tomorrow's square two. Uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Blake's an experienced coach. Uh, uh, he's been, been through this a lot of times, so he'll, he'll move at the proper pace to ensure that our guys are not only getting the install in, but also, you know, doing it right. You know, focusing on the little things, focusing on the fundamentals, uh, focusing on the things that win football games. So, can you give us an idea of just how spread out you guys are out there, uh, between fields and, Kind of how you're trying to monitor all that with, with everybody's face out. But, um, you know, we're practicing basically on three different fields. 
and you kind of have, you know, multiple practices going on at the same time. Uh, it's really stretched our coaching staff extremely thin. Uh, so, um, but, you know, it's, it's something that we have to do right now. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a deal where we're trying to keep the guys when they're not in the, uh, either seven on seven, nine on nine, 11 on 11, whatever it is that we're in, we're trying to keep the guys really spaced out if they're not involved in that direct drill. So on the sidelines, um, you know, everybody's spaced, spaced out. If they have their helmet off, they got their mask up. Um, you know, you, re- you really got it. Uh, it's a deal where you got to, um, you know, really be cautious right there. But, you know, they have to keep that mask up if they don't have their face covering on, if they don't have their helmet on. So um, it's – I got to stay on them about it because we're all creatures of habit. We all revert back to, okay, we, it's, a, it's a water break. They all swarm to the same place, even though you got water set up all over the place. Um, we just got to keep reminding them, keep harping on them. We've got to be diligent about just, uh, you know, distancing – have your mask up if your helmet's off. Uh, be conscientious of, uh, you know, washing your hands when you come off the field, all those things. Coach, going off along that, now that you have everybody together, you know, in dealing with college students, what has been the coaching staff's message to the players as far as taking protocols and safety measures away from the field? It's been a constant message. And we, we talked about it at length last night with the seat of body coming back in a matter of days. Um, you know, we... We talk about it a lot in the past for different reasons that, you know, we have more at risk and more to lose than, you know, the general student does. Uh, it's even more so, you know, this year. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a, a, a decent control, uh, you know, on, on, on the virus right now, if you, if you can call it that. Um, what I worry about is somebody exposing themselves, somebody that has a positive and bring it back into our locker room. You know, and, and I mean, we talk about just we've got to be diligent with our, our different things, who we're around. And, uh, you know, 18 to 21 year old males, uh, you guys think back to when you were 18 to 21 years old, okay? Uh, but there's, there's more risk now. So they've got to be even more disciplined and diligent with their interactions with whomever it is. Thank you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Like other conferences, like the ACC, SEC, have done away with non-conference games, but by all indications, it looks like the Marshall game is going to happen. Given the ties between the two schools, the historical significance of this being 50 years since the 1970 tragedy, do you think it's important for those reasons that that game is played? I do. Um, you know, I, long before I was the, the head coach at East Carolina University, you know, you knew about the plane crash, and then all of us have seen the movie, and certainly it's, you know, it's a tragic event uh, that really led to an inspirational resurgence in the program there, and I think no one can deny the connections between the two programs. Um, and I, I think it's something that we should, uh, you know, commemorate. Uh, we should remember. We should remember those that lost their lives. Uh, we should remember the way, you know, Marshall pushed on. We should also remember the way that there, you know, the rivalry that there was between the two schools. So I think for so many reasons, this game is an important one. Um, and not that, I'm not going to sit and say that it's more important than our conference games, but I think it's a very important one from, from many standpoints. Coach, can you provide us with the roster update? Uh, has everyone that you expected to report reported? And where do things stand in that regard? 
Well, we have uh, we have everyone here, uh, you know, with us except for uh, Ryan Jones. Uh, you know, he still has to complete his degree at the University of Oklahoma, um, and so until you know all that process is out, uh, he cannot join us. Uh, everyone else is here with us. Uh, everyone practiced today. Uh, we had a couple that were, were quarantined still, but uh, the rest of them practiced today. So uh, you know, we had you know, I don't know how many we had out there, but it was well over a hundred. Coach, what's kind of your confidence level in the offense with all the, the pieces you've got returning from last year? Well, I think certainly I believe uh, in the guys that we have coming back from last year. Um, you know, today I don't think uh, – I think we had some flashes. Uh, I think we've got a long ways to go with the conditioning and, uh, and getting back in sync and on the same page with each other. Uh, but, you know, we have a starting quarterback back. We have uh, multiple uh, skill players back. Uh, we've had uh, some additions there. Uh, our offensive line, we've had some additions there, so uh, I think we have potential. But, uh, you know, potential is not what we're after. We're after performance. So performance is the key thing we've got to focus on is taking that potential and, and turning it into making plays on the field. Anything else? Okay, guys. I hate we got to meet like this. I wish it was in person, so uh, maybe at some point. You guys take care. I appreciate uh, everything you guys do to cover us, too. Thanks a lot. Go Yep. There you have the thoughts of East Carolina Director of Athletics, John Gilbert, and also second-year head football coach, Mike Houston, as the Pirates conclude day one. And uh, we'll be back with you on Saturday morning with another practice report. Make sure you join us on Friday evening as we will catch up with former East Carolina linemen, um, JT Boyd, JT played along the offensive line for the Pirates from 2012 to 2016. Uh, this morning we actually caught up with Quincy McKinney, who was part of that offensive line room as well. So definitely go back and check out that interview on uh, SoundCloud, Anchor, and of course our Facebook and YouTube platforms. Uh, we appreciate you tuning into the show, and as always, go Pirates!